Podcast. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westcott demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley and today we're discussing a film from 2022. A scary movie? Iris is no... Iris's nope. Yep, because I was about to go see Top Gun Maverick again, and I was like, no, I'll watch nope, because Iris insists upon seeing it and talking about it, (laughs) despite the fact that I had no interest in discussing it. Exaggeration much? I didn't twist your arm or force you in any way to see this movie. I simply said I had seen it, and if you wanted to see it, we could talk about it. Because I like talking about movies with my older brother. What I aw. So what the listeners don't know is that one of our very first movie reviews, in fact, it was almost a test review, so old that it never, and, and shaky that it never actually made the podcast, was our review of Jordan Peele's Us. And it was kind of a good thing, because not starting off on a good foot here with Jordan Peele's Us would have been. I kind of noticed that you were rather you were rather quiet while we were setting up for this. Is it because you were trying to keep the vitriol from spilling out of you? No. As much as I would have loved Nope to live up to its name and receive a review of Nope, I'm not going to give Nope a Nope, because it's actually better, in my humble opinion, than Jordan Peele's Us. But I have no idea what's going on. I'd like to know what's going on, too. Fine. Quid pro quo. Go. What should we call the flying, the unidentified flying object? And what was the new name for UFOs? <laughs> exactly. UBCs or something? UAPs. <laughs> and, and like much of this movie, Jordan Peele is like, hey, you know, they're not even UFOs anymore. Well, what are they? UAPs. And that's it. And no explanation. And then he just leaves Nothing. It, it just rides the whole movie in blind faith that we're going to Google UAPs after the fact. Which I just did. Unidentified aerial phenomena. <sighs> so that's the official term for the formally for the FKA UFO. <laughs> uh, so my question is, did the UAP create its own cloud? I guess so. Or was that just an anomalous static cloud? Uh, No. So what it does is it ingests humans and horses and whoever dares to give it the stink eye. And then then it craps out a profusion of random undigestible objects. And then it uses the all the water in those bodies to create like it's uh, camouflage vapor. Right? Are you completely <laughs> talking out of your butt? Well, that whole mo- that this thing does everything. This alien thing does everything out of its butt, which is also its mouth in a very starfishy kind of way. Starfishes have only one in out. Yeah. No way. I think there's not many options. <laughs> that's a wow. That's like a whole new twist on the input output concept yeah you should talk to angel over at fry's electronics if you can get a hold of him the number might be disconnected 
Yep. Angel Torres at Fry's Rest in Peace. You think they had to have gotten permission to use the Fry's name, but who of who from whom would they have gotten it? I'm not sure. I, I wonder if this is like Con Air, where they just like the sands is going under and they're like, ooh, can we crash a plane into it? It's like they got the Fry's building and all the stuff still in there, and then they just shut down so the movie can take over and filming. But, I mean, it dates this movie pretty badly, I think. I mean, this movie was released after Fry's completely went under. But I'm telling you, man, this is Jordan Peele's M.O. He's like, I want to make a movie. And they're like, another one? And he's like, yep. And they're like, what's it called? And he's like, nope. And they're like, okay. And he's like, so what do you have lying around? And they're like, uh... I mean, fries just closed. We got this random horse ranch. And he's like, horse ranch. I can make that work. And he's like, well, we got a bunch of those leftover flappy dudes from the car wash movie we shot. And he's like, I got it. I'll write that into the script. They're called Fly Guys. I believe their brand name is Fly Guy. Okay. Okay. So, but is there any basis within the movie for suggesting that the UAP creates its own vapor? Uh, no, it was just hiding okay. in that cloud. But as it moved amongst the other clouds, that was its cover. But right. I, I don't think the cloud moved. The cloud, in fact, was fixed among the other clouds in the time lapse. See, now you're selling all authoritative. We have to refer to this as they refer to it. What was the name of the alien craft? I, I, don't, I don't remember. They named it? Jean Jacket. Oh, that's right. They named it after the horse. I guess so. That was the horse that she wanted to break, but her big brother, doing what big brothers do, dashed her dreams and broke it in himself with his with their dad. See, this one I'm not even going to refute. I was very much the big brother in the audience for this movie, where I'm just like staring at it, and then occasionally I'm like muttering, nope, to myself. <laughs> and otherwise just kind of lurking around and just watching stuff. OJ did nothing in this movie. I did want him to have a bit more of an arc. I would have liked like at least one freak out or like breakdown or confession. I would have liked that from him. I guess he's a character whom has already arrived. But I did find that their dynamic was pretty funny. And I was and kind of illuminating. I was like, am I that little gnat that's always buzzing around Wes and poking him? Yes. That, that Kiki Palmer is? To Daniel Kaluuya's O.J. Haywood. I mean, even when they're in peril, you can see his vague annoyance at her inability to follow rules or show up on time. But then they have their brother-sister thing, right? Like the high fives and the stuff. And they don't have to be like all affectionate. They're just like hanging out. That sounds pretty familiar. And he's, and he's all surly. Is- <laughs> I did expect him to get sucked up into Jean Jacket and then like everybody's all screaming and getting digested or whatever and he just to be like all folded in there and be like okay and like figure it out (laughs) and like figure out if you don't struggle you can just slide right out through the butt (laughs) being digested seemed a lot like paloma's saturday afternoon bounce house birthday parties (laughs) (laughs) where they're all just like flopping against each other and screaming right but then it does a thing where it's like okay enough of this and it just goes smush and it's all silent right yeah maybe i mean when he's when the when jean jacket's like flying around they're all still screaming so all right my turn for a question go so what is the deal with gordy like I like Steven Yoon. We talked about Minari and talked about The Walking Dead and stuff. Jupe seemed to meet, along with his wife and many other people, a rather unceremonious end. Why do we care? 
Why are we focusing? What relevance do you think that Gordy has in the movie Nope? You're talking about Gordy the chimpanzee. Correct. Well, I'm saying we, we open on Gordy and Ricky's trauma. And then we right. revisit that scene and you see what actually happened to Ricky. And he brings this drama forward into his life, but then gets unceremon- unceremoniously killed. So why do we care about the Gordy story? And and I, I had to assume that his former co-star that he had a crush on or whatever was a survivor of the Gordy attack, right? Yeah, the one the def- with the disfigured face in the in the stands. Yeah, I just think that Gordy was the like the bunnies in us. Do you remember the significance of the bunnies in us? Mm. Exactly. Why do we care no, about Gordy? I, I'll have to review our our previous discussion on us. It's probably coincidence that he's named Gordy, but I did have a stand by me comparison for Nope. You did, okay. You know, like in Stand by Me, the foursome is like all setting out with like notions, like childlike illusions of grandeur yep. that they're going to like find this body and they're all going to be on TV and they're yep. going to be famous and stuff. Like I was kind of waiting for someone to pull out a comb. <laughs> You know, at some point when they were just hanging out at the ranch, because, I mean, they are in 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 essence, they are they want to be famous. I mean, they want to save the world and they want to get this thing on camera and they want to go on Oprah. But they they're like kind of doing it for the fame and the potential fortune of it, right? Yes. And so, Jupe, you're right. That is inexplicable. Why do they call him Jupe? His name is Ricky Park. Yeah, maybe Ricky is just not an appropriately cowboy name. Maybe Jupe was his stage name. Okay. His it's, stage name wasn't Gordy, right? That was definitely the chimpanzee. Yeah. It's not the weirdest name in this movie, that's for sure. What's the weirdest name? That belongs to the incomparable Michael Wincott of the Crow fame, who in this movie goes by Antlers. <laughs> Antlers Holst. Antlers, the hand-cranking IMAX camera operator. I mean, doesn't that seem like a like a nature documentary name? cinematographer's name i mean sure it's like when weathermen are named like stormy mccracken or something oh i think about this all the time there had there it's not just coincidence right dallas reigns that there's no way okay gordy's significance is gordy is an analogy for jean jacket gordy and jean jacket are both spectacles both creatures that we we want to tame that we think we can tame and that maybe are tamed for a time until they decide to go nuts and eat us. Uh, okay. And so basically Ricky is still, you know, traumatized by what happened on the set of that 90s sitcom where Gordy goes nuts. And he's, I, I don't think that he fully kind of absorbed what had happened in that day. Or maybe he's just so traumatized that he's or so convinced that he's not traumatized that he's not aware that he's completely consumed with this idea of taming the untamable. So he develops some kind of relationship with the with Jean Jacket. I'm not sure how he doesn't how he knows not to look and not get eaten, but he definitely gets eaten on the day, although I don't exactly recall him looking. Like why does the UAP why does Jean Jacket go all nutso and kill everybody at the family show? Because they're all giving him the stink eye. If you look at that dude wrong, He's going to eat you. But he's going to eat everybody? Yes. See, I have a real problem when monsters are partial. Monsters like nature should be cold and indiscriminate. Nature doesn't want to kill us, but nature also doesn't want to save us. Like if we get lost in the woods, nature's not going to help us. 
It seems like it's a threat display. The predator is not going to kill you unless you hold a weapon. Uh, this one's not going to kill you if you don't challenge its authority gorilla style. Like if you stare down a silverback, it's going to come and tear your arms off or whatever. So you have to avert your gaze. And they all, all of them in Jupe's little congregation or whatever for the greatest show on earth, stared unabashedly at this thing and it sucked them all up. But every time OJ averted his gaze, he was okay. I, I mean, I guess, okay, so fine. So OJ found the loophole and he, you know, kind of exploited it to Jean Jacket's demise. But, he, you know, not at first. I mean, he was definitely looking up at the sky when his dad got eaten up. Yeah, you're. it's only, I get it, because everybody's looking. And we're all watching when, like, antlers gets eaten and stuff. And when everybody gets eaten, somebody else is watching and going, oh, my God. But I think it has to be looking back at you and doing its peacocky flappy thing, even though you can't outwardly see it until later. Like it was sucking up the sky flappers and the balloon because they all had eyes. Right. And it was like, how dare you look upon me? The balloons? Yeah. All the balloons had eyes, including the uh, the one that was in it, its inexplicable demise. The, the balloon that she cuts loose like that was the plan all along. It's like staring at Jean Jacket. I guess so. So, but take Jean Jack takes an, an awfully long time to eat it. I mean, I, I think we could have gotten that picture in like two less tries. Yeah, because it was trying to mate with it. It was doing its peacock display at first. See, and so fine. Let's just say for argument's sake that Daniel Kaluuya, that OJ never looked at Jean Jacket and fine. So he was spared. But why does Jean Jacket put on this great display for him and not for anyone else? Why does he take, why does it take this new shape and form? Why does it unfurl kind of like in all of its glory for OJ other than for our benefit as an audience? I have no idea. I didn't know what was happening. I blinked or something when it first started to change. And so I, all I could see were these sails. And I was like, what is this? Is this like a defense that someone's deploying or something? What's happening? And then it was the thing. And I wasn't entirely convinced until it sucked all the uh, all the ribbons and streamers back in and like became the disc shape again. But I, I don't know. Like, though, it's like the revelation of its true form. And Jordan Peele is like, it has significance and it has meaning. I'm not going to tell you what it is. UAP, let's go. <laughs> and no one knows what's happening. So I, I had a little, I just took a little umbrage with that. Like, fine, it can become this kind of, this beautifully terrifying thing. Okay. Like, it's kind of beautiful and it's unfurling and it's like a big silk parachute piece of art or something like that but it's bothersome to me when monsters are partial to our main characters because it doesn't feel like it's for any reason other than the audience's benefit yeah it's a, it's a kinship that they're forming they're opposite sides of the same coin i fully thought that it was going into like autopilot mode where it's like okay we got to rest so deploy the sails that'll keep us aloft without any energy expenditure we don't have it's like hibernation we don't have to eat for a while so put out the sails and we can relax maybe so he because it was just like suspended there so it just like yeah it puffed up so that it could float i don't know <laughs> um but as, as far as character development i like daniel kaluuya we talked about him last year with judas and the black messiah and uh he was in get out and he was in black panther and stuff and i think he and emerald emerald was her name m yep 
I think they were pretty well developed, maybe unnecessarily so, uh, mostly in their their sibling dynamic and the fact that they came from, you know, this established, I guess what you would call like a dusty Hollywood royalty kind of vibe. And they were good. I think that Angel... They were great. Tell me you didn't laugh when they did their handshake. Yeah, yeah, like the, the four claps and they knew that they were done after the four. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. I, I felt like they were real characters all the way down to the fact so that when da- when Daniel Kaluuya does nothing and stands there and stares, it's okay because we've already gotten him. I understand who he is and that is his character. And he like, he gets crashed upon by the horse or whatever. And he's like all terrified and you can, you're just watching his eyes. He's like, can I get out of the truck now? Can I, I I'm going to hang out for a little while longer. I think Angel was much more the Riley Poole, National Treasure, tech nerd guy who's meant for comic relief or whatever. Uh, Michael Wincott, Antlers, the IMAX photographer, was basically just there to die. But character development, I I guess, Ricky slash Jupe had his, you know, thing. And and I guess the parallel of Gordy with Jean Jacket, which is still the dumbest name for a monster ever. Um, I guess all that works for me. I was frustrated by this semi-Jaws kind of feel where Jordan Peele's like, well, Spielberg didn't show the shark, so it's just going to be a floaty wisp for three quarters of the movie, and then the floaty wisp has a butthole mouth, and that's like the only thing we get until it blooms inexplicably into that jellyfish man-of-war sailboat thing. Not terribly dynamic, the monster. The twist is that the UFO spaceship was, in fact, an organism. Okay, so was the streamer thing like... So I understood what the sky flappies were for. They basically spread out a field where you can tell where the power is is lost, right? Yeah, although I think that was rather inconsistent. Like, why is it that the TMZ videographer immediately lost power to his electric bike? Yeah, and when you lose power on electric bikes, the brakes engage. <laughs> yeah, you don't just roll to a stop. You hit a, you hit a, like a field. Right, and he goes, what? Like, like hitting a wall. It wasn't a Wilhelm scream, but I think that Jordan Peele was like, I need a vehicle. And they're like, you got that little golf cart thing. And he's like, no, something better. And they were like, Bob has a, a new e-bike. And Bob was like, you're not using my e-bike. And Jordan Peele's like, come on. So then he did. You're saying that Jordan Peele is not meticulously intentional? If he is. I think it's the opposite. He's mind-bogglingly and frustratingly oblique with his intentions. He, he, he may have a Lord of the Rings, Silmarillion-style backstory to all of this phenomenon. He knows what the UAP is, but we don't. And the fact that we don't is a major bridge that he needs to build between filmmaker and film viewer. Wow, Wes, you're really talking like a movie critic. Which I think he did very well with Get Out. After the fact, you watch Get Out and you're like, that was a connection that I didn't make the first time. I feel like it's all if it's not all there, if I'm expected to construct the pieces of this puzzle tenant style, it's not worth the effort. I understand now. You don't hate us. You were just really disappointed by it. Exactly. Us has a great trailer. It looked creepy and atmospheric and stuff. Uh, Nope, I refused to fall for it. I refused to fall for it. You were like, fool me once, Jordan Peele, because you loved Get Out. Right? Get Out absolutely worked, like Christopher Nolan. Then later, as he got more ambitious and more thematically obscure, Us and Nope just became frustrating in their unwieldiness. Well, you seem to get the gist of Nope. 
I mean, yeah, there are some little things that are kind of inexplicable, which, you know, maybe it's just a little bit of, of us being in the character's shoes. But what about, is there anything about Nope that you don't understand? Or is it just how the information is relayed to you that bothers you? Because I have to tell you, when I saw the trailer for Nope, my patience was tried. It's just like this montage of like random, seemingly disconnected images. And it's supposed to create some kind of great mystery in it. And it just, it frankly, it, it didn't give me enough to hold on to. It's my problem exactly. I feel the frustration for expectation and for deliberate and willful randomness. And I'm not, I'm, I, I do think that Nope, for all its flaws, was more believable, so to speak. It didn't, the randomness in Us, which actually had some great moments in it, it just, it didn't track. It didn't make sense. And if it did make sense to your earlier point or your earlier question, it threw too much at me too fast for me to ultimately care to sort it out in the moment. Well, I don't think that that's Nope's problem. I don't think that Nope is suffering from a lack of coherence. I think that Nope's fatal flaw is its rhythm. In an attempt to kind of keep us a little bit off kilter, we're kind of more adrift rhythmically. It's like a funky dance that you you never quite can step into. Right. I wonder if it was intentionally that way. I wonder if it was intentionally, like after all the buildup of the Gordy story and wanting Ricky slash Jupe to be better, to have come through this with some idea of redemption instead of coming full circle and just sort of dying at the hand of the next insane rampaging creature that bumbles into his life, you know, after he believes he has a rapport with it. All those people died and I was like, well, that was a lot of setup for Ricky to just have him die, Deep Blue Sea style, spoiler. But (laughs) I kind of didn't care. I was like, this is what we're doing in this movie. Likewise, when Daniel Kaluuya obviously draws Jean Jacket away from M and you're like, oh, noble sacrifice. And we didn't even get to see as much as we saw in A Quiet Place, spoiler. And, you know, she does the thing with the the bike and everything and and kills it with a balloon somehow, I guess. And then he shows up all Django Unchained style through the mist. And I was like, yeah, okay, because I wasn't I didn't care. I wasn't invested. I totally made the Django comparison. I think we weren't invested because, I mean, Ricky, for one, wasn't terribly invested in his own life. It's almost like Ricky knew that all that because he was spared, this was always his fate. That he he deserved to go the way that his castmates did, and that he somehow he didn't deserve to be spared from the whole Gordy incident, and I think it's kind of hilarious in its ridiculousness that M is like, I'm gonna give you indigestion, I'm gonna kill you with this, you know, chipotle burrito I'm sending into this guy. <laughs> so was it were, were the streamers like? Like a hair in your food, where it's vaguely uncomfortable in Jean Jackets's throat, and it wasn't about it. Yes, she. They killed Jean Jacket by giving it indigestion. I guess. I mean, yeah. The randomness of its of its demise was perfectly in keeping with the randomness of its life and killing propensities. And well, uh, I mean, I guess like when you use science logic, you're like, why does Jean Jacket come to a planet full of balloons? Right. Right. Why does it go to out to the <laughs> desert where there's nothing but streamers and and sky flappers? And like rally flags and flag eyes and all that. <laughs> but it's also, but it is very science in the sense that it's like, well, that was convenient. Yeah, it developed a taste for, for horse, apparently. Uh, apparently. And so they got the 
tried to feed it the horse decoy, but yeah. that was just in an attempt to lure it out, not to give it indigestion. Yeah, I guess. But th this is what I'm saying. This is why it's like Jaws. It's like the fishing line and the barrels and stuff. It's like a nuisance, and you use it to slow it down, track it, to get a lock on it, to keep it in position, Ghostbuster style, until you can deploy the trap or whatever it is they're going to do to kill this flying menace or whatever. And then, you know, ultimately they do the thing and give it indigestion and blow it up. Spoiler for Jaws. Uh, I saw a lot of parallels and I saw a lot of twists and they're like, oh, it's kind of like Jaws in the sky. And he, Jordan Peele's like, right, but it's not like Jaws. I'm going to make it deliberately different. And we're like, okay. You can't say that you weren't freaked out in the barn. Oh, with the, with the, yeah. Here's the problem. <laughs> and, 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 and look, so when the barn thing happened, I was like, here it comes. But it was so, it, it was like in the background and it was in shadow and I couldn't tell if it was in soft focus. So I'm squinting the whole time. Like I might as well have been leaning forward for like those kids things, like where they're trying to put the ball through the maze on the screen. And then the exorcist, like Reagan pops up on the screen and scares the bejesus out of you. I was fully <laughs> expecting that to, to happen because it turns on the lights again. And I'm like all squinting and leaning forward. I'm like, what is that thing? And then it like peeks its head around the corner and I was expecting oh, to pop out. Yeah, so yeah. Good. And then it punched the thing in the head. All that was fine and that was great. And, and now that we know that it's kids, it's just never gonna hold any suspense ever again. It was a one-time yeah. thing where it's like, oh, yeah. you thought we were gonna show you the aliens, but no, this ship is the alien. Yeah, but even as a one-off, it worked so well. At and the when time. he and it and it was also one of the best instances of the movie title. <laughs> nope. Occurrences of the movie title in a movie. It's like his catchphrase. OJ just says nope <laughs> and walks away from stuff. <laughs> I know, but it was just the best diffusion of tension, the best pressure valve release because it was so in character, it was so funny, it was so true. It was pretty masterful. Yeah, and, and it was because instead of running and screaming, he busted out the camera and is trying to get a good picture. Right. I, I mean, look, they did away with the thing. Everybody's dead. They, I, I don't know what, what good the photographic evidence is, is now that the thing is dead and gone. But sure, you do your thing. I'm glad you guys got your photo. I'm glad that the thing with the well came around in Yeehaw Land or whatever. And uh, I mean, why? who's to say that the, that the film negative isn't going to work out? Was it exposed? Don't know. I think I think they have the film backup too. Okay. The nope in the truck was pretty good too. I'm not sure exactly why the Geek Squad van or whatever that was from Fry's. I'm not exactly sure why that worked for OJ when it didn't work for the Fry guy. It's just a matter of proximity. If the EMP or whatever is not disabling the electrical components. You know, when it's looking the other way or it's off far enough away, then stuff starts. But that doesn't, I mean, like, I, I get it. The record player, the LP, can go and can stop. But voices over the cell phone don't do that. And songs on the radio, was he, was he playing a record in the car? Why did the sunglasses <laughs> at night song slow down like that? I'm just not sure. Doesn't make sense. So you already spoiled your review. You're not giving this a nope. No, but I did sigh. 
like you, I feel that there was some certain problems in its execution, in building of dread and tension, that our best moment of tension was popped with the revelation that they were kids or whatever. And you're like, that was fun. And that was kind of it for it being like a, real, a truly scary movie. The rest of it tried very hard with atmosphere out in the sticks and worked to varying degrees. But this one didn't piss me off. Us turned on me and I was like, this is crap. And I reacted poorly. Whereas I went into this with no expectations and I sighed a whole lot in Nope, but I didn't rage. And so I'm going to give this movie a, a whatever rating, kind of below the line. I don't think I watched it again, but I'm not angry at having paid money to see this movie, I guess. Or your time for that matter. I think in a true Emerald fashion, I'm going to just, I'm going to give Nope a good just to contradict you <laughs> and just to like bother you. One thing you certainly can't fault Jordan Peele for is not having a point of view. Like, Homeboy's got... Some conviction is what he's got. He does. He's got a point of view, and I appreciate it. I really do. There's little Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in this for me. Yeah. Where, you know, there's you got some Hollywood stuff that I kind of dig. You got some characters that really stand out. You got some really weird things that happen and take a long time, but they, but then they pay off. You know, so Nope is not altogether incoherent. There's some weird inconsistency, but I like what he did with the Ricky story. I like the performances that he elicited from Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. And I thought the secondary characters were nice kind of foils. Like they even had their own thing going on, like the pseudo rivalry slash team that Angel and Antlers <laughs> made. Like they're like, he's like, I got video, you got film. And they're like kind of like rivals but kind of working together and they kind of had their thing and brought a lot of comedy and just it's a definitely a polarizing film and so I think you just you can't separate it from the overall Jordan Peele narrative. Jordan Peele is the Christopher Nolan of contemporary horror. All right well that's our discussion on nope you got a whatever from Wes and a good from Iris we hope you enjoyed this discussion and if you did Go to our Patreon page, become a movie friend, and have an opportunity to request the movie that we will do our next discussion on. Isn't that cool? You can also support us by subscribing to our podcast, following us on social media, and of course, we always love to hear from you or whatever movies at gmail.com, 818-835-0473. Call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text message. Let us know what you thought of Nope. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid.